Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, we're back. It is November the 5th. Just a quick reminder for everyone. Reminder, breaking news, breaking news. I think there's 18 working days left this year. I know. People better get cracking. I know it seems like you've got like basically two months left, but you don't in terms of work days. So Julie and I have decided for next week, we're going to create, a, I think, probably start a series of podcasts for the rest of the year that are all designed to motivate you. Because the truth is, guys, and I know, I know, I know that maybe 95% of you are already emotionally checked out and the pain you're going to feel as a result of that is going to be more significant going into 2022 than maybe any of the past maybe 15 years because there are going to be so many headwinds politically. Uh, you're going to have interest rates. Gonna, people are going to be worried about that. Lack of inventory. All these other types of things with regards to inflation. Inflation is the big bugaboo that people aren't going to be able to emotionally wrap their minds around or their arms around. And that's the, these are all the types of headwinds that you have to be very consciously aware of. And if you're not preparing for the new year now, you will get washed under. And I am using dramatic words because I'm trying to emotionally engage with the fact that many of you have not already mentally started your new year. You're waiting for the calendar to roll over, and I get it. So when Julie and I say you have so many uh, days left this year, it's because you have going, you're going to take time off for Thanksgiving. You're going to take time off for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you choose to celebrate, assuming you celebrate new something. New Year, snowstorms, kid holidays, people <laughs> That's getting right. sick. <laughs> exactly. You know. So we're, we're saying 20-ish days based just on the holiday calendar. Black Friday sales, the mad rush for the whatever the newest family thing is the kids want. Exactly. You guys Cooking get the point. Family. So really effectively, many of you have maybe two weeks, maybe really maybe three weeks left this year where you're not going to have other you know non-work challenges pulling you in different directions. That is the reason that we're going to do a series of podcasts. And one of the podcasts is these are the 10 things that you have to get done before the end of the year. That's going to be one of the topics. We're going to do a podcast on, I don't know what the number is going to be, but let's just say 10 things, reasons to believe that, you know, essentially trying to awash, try to wash all of you guys with optimism because so many of you are starting to pick up some stuff from the ether that's having an adverse effect on your mindset, which then of course will translate into your future and your willingness to actually really drill down and become the best version of you as a real estate practitioner. So these are all the types of things that we're bringing to you for the rest of the year. Hopefully you guys are engaging with these things. Do yourself a favor, do not check out. If anything, increase your effort and Hey, if most of you, and hopefully most of you, are going to be willing to take it to the next level, go after some expires. Get your pre-listing pack done. You guys get the point? Yes, we are in the final stretch of 2021. Yes, it's almost 2022. It's hard even to save those numbers, to be honest with you. You know, the, the reality of it is, is that if you focus now, future version of you in January, in February, in March, is going to be singing the praises of Have November, you? of you. Right? Isn't that what you want? So or, take this seriously. alternatively, you'll look back at past you right now and go, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> or not okay? thinking. It's your choice. And so one of the first and the easiest things that you can do is complete your 2022 business plan. And this is the new real estate treasure map. We've updated it. And all you've got to do is text the number 2022 to 47372. It is costing you nothing. I'm not trying to sell you anything. 
There is nothing for sale. We want to give you a fill in the blank business plan. It's 63 pages, print them out. The first, I mean, probably 75% of the uh, real estate treasure map is explaining to you how to complete, uh, you know, set goals, goals that are going to be, you know, essentially goals that are going to have a timeline. They're going to have an action plan. We're walking you through all the process that we've walked tens of thousands of coaching clients through. And then the last part is the fill in the blank business plan. All you got to do is text 2022, in case you weren't paying attention, that is the year that we're entering into, to 47372. So please do that right away. Text 2022 to 47372. So before we get to today's topic, Mm -hmm. which is a fun topic, I think. We do this, by the way, we do this topic every year this time of year. It's when to break up with your broker or another way, how to choose a broker. But before we get to it, um, you were telling me about a very interesting, albeit a little bit conspiracy conspiratorial, how do you say it? Conspiracy theory. Maybe conspiracy theory, maybe some truth to it. I think time will tell. It's too soon to tell, but the truth will come out. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story first. Well, first we didn't say who it's about. Zillow, of course. course. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story first because I didn't tell you this this morning after you told my story. Okay. You told your story. All right, so I'll I'll set it up and then you you roll into what you discovered, okay? So in um, this was back in the 1970s, and this was back when Julie and I were in the single digits. So don't think we're remembering first person here. This is this is I remember this story. Mm-hmm. There was, and I'm a car nerd guy, so forgive me, but just trust me that the payoff to the story is worth sticking it out for. There was a car dealer mm-hmm. that started buying up every single type of a specific, very collectible car, of which there weren't that many. Okay, they're like, and the cars were forgotten about. Nobody knew about them. There were cars were this particular car. I think it was actually a kind of Ferrari. Mm-hmm had essentially been forgotten about. They were, you know, sprinkled here and there. there were, some of them were raced and, you know, trashed and no one give a rat's ass about okay. them. But he had a feeling that they were going to be special. Mm-hmm. So what he started doing, and, and he actually, I believe, worked with another dealer that was over in Europe. Mm-hmm. And this was back in the 70s, guys. And this was back before the internet, for those of you who don't the think <laughs> the internet's been around there forever. There was a time before the internet. And so what they would do is they would go and they went and, and hoarded all of these, and there were only like 30 of these things left, hoarded all of these cars and put them in where houses in i believe it was california and england if i remember correctly mm-hmm. these cars by the way was a ferrari g a 250 gto and i'll tell you i'll tell you this the punchline to all this in a second so these guys went out and found these ferrari gtos that weren't really worth anything no one really had it's a v12 why would you want something like that it was just whatever and so they recognized them as being important cars they were able to buy some of these cars super cheap um, they were being speculative, but what they ended up doing is they bought all the available inventory of all these cars. It took them like three years. So in essence, they controlled the entire market of that particular car for sale. And then what they would do is they would occasionally put one for sale. And because they would say bought said car for say ten or fifteen thousand dollars, they were able to put them for sale. The the initial ones they were able to put them for sale for like a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Now just to put this in perspective, fast forward to today, there was a Ferrari uh, two hundred and fifty GTO, and this was not the most expensive Ferrari. It was the second most expensive Ferrari that sold for something like sixty million dollars. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they created the market. They cornered the market. They created the market, and then they manipulated the market to drive the prices up. That was basically they they formed a monopoly around that particular car. Now Julie then, and this was back. Well, so let's just make sure we translate all this. Yeah, they found, collected, hoarded, kept for a long time, and thus controlling supply and demand. Right. They occasionally would sprinkle a car upon the market, and not all of them at once. They weren't competition for each other. They would put one out there, 
and essentially control pricing on the upswing. And so here's the funny part too. When they were hoarding, mm-hmm. they were running ads in the back of car magazines. You guys maybe don't even realize there were car magazines, frankly. But they were running ads, yeah. little tiny crappy black and white five dollar ads yeah. in the back. Yeah. And then they would that's how they they w- was one of their lead generators. Sure. And then when they put them for sale, same magazines uh-huh. would have that same but, but it would be for sale. And so they, this was yeah. the, what they did. And now I know that's a little obtuse. Controlling for, the market. That's a little obtuse for some of you. And yet there is a theory that's rolling around that Zillow was attempting to do similar things in specific price brackets and in specific markets. Fast forward to what Mrs. Harris read to me this morning. Yes. Okay. So if you are not clear on what's going on with Zillow, get caught up on past podcasts. It's a hot topic right now. Everybody's watching it. Their stock's plummeted. There's all, you know, there's a lot going on to read about. So one of the most interesting things that I read, I was reading through realtor comments, consumer comments. It's not hard to find on all the media. By right? the way, the realtor comments, especially in Inman, hilarious. Yes. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know. Just skip the article, scroll right to, right the, to comments. the comments. I know. Well, one of them was speculating that let's just say that there was a company around who knew, who had access to all of this interesting data, like what were the hot zip codes, what were the hot price ranges, uh, especially during COVID where the usage of Zillow got to be such an extreme that Saturday Night Live made a skit about it, you know, people voyeuristically looking at each other's houses. But, but the fact is that they had access to, let's say, their own data, their analytics, okay? Zillow Wing had, as a brand, and I'm, I'm going to start using the past tense with Zillow because I don't really see them coming back in the same force that they did before, it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. But Zillow Wing became this, became a, a like you know Kleenex. It was a, it's like a, googling. It was exactly. It wasn't go search on the internet. I'm going to go Google. It wasn't. I'm going to go look for a house. It was. I'm going to. I'm going to go Zillow that. Exactly. Yes. So there was a lot of data that they were able to collect, and the, thus they would know the hot zip codes, the hot markets, neighborhoods, um, school districts, what have you. So let's just say the same company had an eye buying prog- uh, program where they would then buy a whole bunch of houses, right? And let's say that they bought, you know, 10 houses in this certain neighborhood at, let's say, 300000 Well, the 11th house, they would pay, let's say, 350000 thus creating a new comp for the previous 10 homes that they themselves owned, right? This is how the math pans out. Remember yesterday I said, I don't see that business plan. Well, this is potentially what it was. So people were saying, why were they willing to pay so much? Because they became market setters, just like my story that I was telling you guys before. That's the theory. And there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking into their business practices and trying to determine whether or not some of the things that we're doing, I don't know, dare I say, were legal. But it does make you think. So that 11th house where they paid $50,000 more just became a comp for the previous 10 houses, thus, at least on paper, showing a lot more equity on those first 10 houses, right? So this potentially could work as long as it worked, and apparently it hit the fan. So that that's basically the story, is how many markets were like that, and what is the data going to show? Right. Incredible, though. So anyway, yes. more on Zillow. Make sure you guys go back and listen to the podcast we did on Zillow. All right, so this time of year, a question that all of you should be having is, well, frankly, if you're a newer agent, how do I choose a broker? But primarily, how do I know if I should choose another broker and when it's time to move on? This is a question that you have to choose, you have to decide, because one of the first and most important things when you get your real estate license or after you've been in the business for a while, you're going to discover is your broker really is critical to your success. It's the same thing that goes with you're going to be only rise to the success level of your five closest friends. It's your environment, guys. And your brokerage, be it virtual or be it you know a real office, that environment 
is a direct determinant on your success 100% of the time. Well, so how do you know if maybe it's time to make a change or if you're newer, how do you make a good decision in the first place? Well, if you're already at a brokerage, there's a lot of questions to ask yourself. Question number one, your personal income has been either flat or in decline. Maybe you're doing the same volume, give or take, year in and year out. It's just flatlined or worse, it's declining. That could be indicating you're in the wrong brokerage. And we see that a lot happening with people basically that find themselves being a big fish in a small pond. Well, which is point number two. You are the best agent in your office. You are the one getting awards all the time. That's great. Congratulations. But, you know, you've reached the limit of your office. Maybe nobody's motivating you. All right. Point number three. Let me preface that, though. Yes. Or you sold one house six months ago and you're agent of the year. Exactly. That's that, a that bad. That does happen. It does happen. <laughs> totally. Well, how many times have we run into somebody saying, I was rookie of the year, and then they kind of pull you aside. I sold like two houses. Yeah. Yeah. So in 12 months. What the heck else was going on in your <laughs> exactly. brokerage? So, okay. So number three, your colleagues, broker or brokerage in general, are just too negative. And you and I have both seen brokerages that the agents are like, I can't wait to get out of there because everybody's just so negative And you know, there's misinformation and all that kind of thing. So watch out for that. That is not normal. That's not something you should keep yourself in that environment. Well, it's the, again, it's the environment thing. So if you're in a brokerage, a brand, if you're in an enormous company, there's enormous real estate brokerages out there. And the vibe in the overall brokerage is not something of innovation. People aren't excited about the future. People are, there's a lot of excuses being made for why things aren't competitive anymore from a big top-down perspective. Well, we're working on this. The technology is going to come around the bend. Oh, one day, you know, the mothership, the main brokerage located wherever they're located is going to roll out this incredible platform and give us an all, all of, an, of us an advantage. In other words, your brokerage is on its heels having to play catch up. Yes, and that should have been a point here is that you look around and your technology is like 1998. That could be an indication your broker no longer cares, okay? Yeah. Well, I, you know, wait, I yeah. should say this, dare I say, oftentimes what you guys are going to find, if the broker, uh, him or herself, are still selling real estate, they're still selling real estate. And brokers, you know what I'm about to say, mm -hmm. because if it weren't for their sales, there would be no brokerage. And if you're in a case like that, if you're in an agent in an office like that, or if you're a broker and you're running a business like that, it really is time for you to think about moving on. And I'm gonna give you guys permission from an agent's perspective and from a broker's perspective, moving on is the next natural evolution in your real estate career. Staying put is sort of like if you were just basically in ninth grade for the rest of your life. Yes, yeah, stagnation, right? So getting stuck, sometimes agents will say. All right, number four, your brokerage requires you to attend too many mandatory meetings and other time-consuming non-dollar productive activities. And you know who you are because you guys complain about it all the time that it's not actually producing anything for That's you. the worst thing that brokers do, especially to new mm -hmm. agents. For the first oh, 90 yes. days or for six months, we want you to attend all these stupid meetings that really have nothing to do with actually putting you in a position to help people make money. They're all designed to make it so you don't screw something up, uh, screw something up and get a sued. Well, that's true. That's true. Okay. I'm Yep. Number five, your broker or office manager shoots down every idea that's not 1970s traditional real estate. The broker offers no tech support, has no added value for being an agent with their office. For example, certain competitive advantages that you learn in our coaching program that are modern based on what actual sellers want in today's market. So I, I would put that in a general bucket of lack of support by your office, you know, by your broker or your office manager. Or the broker not even really knowing what support that agents should have nowadays. True. And as a result of that, your business, because you guys are business owners, 
your business is slowly starting to fail because you're in a brokerage that's complacent and they're slowly starting to fail. So what's happening is you guys are in this nice ship that's all of a sudden slowly taking on water and sinking and sinking and sinking as it goes slower and slower and slower. And you're not looking to either side realizing that your competition is blowing past you. That's right. So point number six, your broker takes a cut of every source of income, including BPOs, home warranty sales, processing fees, etc. Point number seven, your broker offers no real support or help beyond transactions and not even have agents say that they can't even get that in their current environment. Point number eight, you don't actually feel challenged or your brokerage is just filled with complacent people. Similar to a previous point, but you've got to feel challenged. But That's really, isn't that the end of the day? I mean, we could have just read point eight and just encompassed yeah, all 11 sure. points. I mean, really, guys, the reason that you should be moving forward and looking at other brokerages or move to another brokerage is because you yourself are complacent. And you need to be around people that are doing uh, bigger things, thinking bigger thoughts, living bigger lives. And look, I'm not trying to stoke ego here. I'm just no. stating the fact. I mean, Julie and I, trust me when I tell you, we are, you know, I know of which we speak as a personal we experience. Lived we lived it. Columbus, Ohio. You know, we, you know, Julie and I did not grow up with money. But when we started forcibly exposing ourselves to how other people were living in different parts of the country and in different parts of the world, trust me when I tell you it is mind-blowing with how incredible this your life can be if you're willing to basically force yourself out of complacency to see what an expansive world we actually live in and how you can uh, enjoy all of it because of the fact that you are smart enough to be in real estate, which in our opinion, being a real estate, having a real estate license is the greatest career that somebody could choose. Well, so that, that point might be lack of exposure to thinking bigger, to wanting more, to knowing the path to have the life of your dreams. If you're not feeling that, then you're in the wrong place. Jules, how many people, when you tell them, share them a version of basically get out of your own you know, town and go look around. Yeah. How many of have you ever had the? I know you have mm -hmm. the experience where agents will actually push back and say, "I don't, I literally do not want to know." Yeah. They're like, to, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to know how other people live. Yeah. I don't want to know what's on the other side." Well, of the I think mountain it intimidates range. them. It's the same reason why agents won't prospect anything higher than the price range they're living in. Well, it's because subconsciously they know that you know two states away, world. or if they hop on a plane. They're going to all of a sudden have it. Their ego doesn't want them to sure. basically face down that's the right. fact that they know they're complacent. Mm -hmm. And in their world, they're a big fish in a small pond. Well, that's fun for a while till you get complacent, bored, and start stepping back. Yep. Okay, so number nine, your broker doesn't offer any profit share. Or revenue shares, which revenue really meant. Share, yeah, sorry. don't worry about profit share. You want to focus on revenue share. There's a or huge difference. Stock or all of the other opportunities that are now available in the modern brokerages. And I think another point here would be that your broker struggles with the new virtual world, you know, um, and there are, you know, say EXP that was born in the virtual world. Okay, so you're, you don't really get any opportunity other than your transactional income. Let me read t uh, 10 and 11, make sure you edit that. Yeah. Point number 10, your broker offers no opportunities, Julie just said this, to purchase stock, no offer stock, don't offer stock awards. Uh, many brokerages are public companies. Only one offers stock awards, and of course, that's EXP. And point number 11, you feel like you're out there on your own with no direction, support, or culture. But here's here's really the ultimate question you have to ask yourselves. As you're rounding the bend on 2021, about to step into 2022, the old question is, is what are you paying your broker? The new question is, is what is your broker paying you? Uh, and that is about as drilled down bottom line as I can give it to you. Because in 2022, going forward, there is only one answer. If you're really truly looking to create expansive opportunities for driving uh, different 
essentially pillars of income to you. Spokes on the wheel. You guys are familiar with that. If you're longtime Harris listeners or coaching clients, you've read our book. You know, more spokes you have on the wheel, more consistent lead generation you're going to have. That analogy carries right over into income creation. So if you have transactional income that's coming in, for example, you have revenue share that's coming in, for example. If you have stock appreciation from the stock you were awarded and purchased at a discount, that's a source of income. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have rental properties. Maybe you have some other sources of income. What that's going to do is creating insurance or hedges against the downside risk that is part of being a business owner. So if you create revenue share, you can only do that with EXP. I don't know of any other company that offers it you know, the way EXP does or other companies that offer revenue sure. share, but not as expansive as, of an opportunity that EXP does. Not to mention the fact that EXP is publicly traded Guys, go Google EXPI and look to see what professional stock analysts are saying about EXP's future. They're basically saying that it's undervalued maybe by half, maybe by even more than that. And so this is a company that is just starting on its ascension. This is going to be the largest real estate company in the history of real estate. There, there are no parallels. To, there are no other companies that have grown as fast as EXP Realty. There are 19 different countries. It's the reason that back in 2019, Julie and I aligned with eXp. It was very obvious to us that eXp was the next natural extension to what we've been doing professionally in our coaching business and our podcasts and our media syndication and all the other things we've done going back to when we even sold real estate. eXp is or was the next natural step for us, but it is the next natural step for you as well. Look, you guys can basically uh, you know, uh, keep track of your success by how many houses you sold. That's fine, but what I'll challenge you to consider is keep track not just by how many houses you sold, how many clients you've made happy, but how much you actually increase your net worth every year. How much you actually make as a profit margin on your transactions. Start thinking more expansively about your potential because you're going you're going through the effort anyway. You're doing these like for example, revenue share is basically passive. Buying stock at a discount is passive. Stock appreciation is passive. Look, Julie and I cannot speculate on future values of the stock. We don't know. But I'll tell you one thing for sure. We're not selling any of our shares. So what you guys should be considering is as you enter into the new year, how do you, are you happy with where you are financially? Do you wish you would have made different decisions 12 months ago? How would you like it if now you now had not just a, a good or a great year having sold real estate, but what if you also had a, uh, essentially created passive income streams from the real estate you sold from the agents you introduced to eXp? This is something for some of you that is absolutely hand in glove. Others of you, you're going to start. You're just starting on this uh, process and you're curious. learning more about it, right? You're what we call EXP curious. Yes. Well, so here's the thing. What if the brokerage that you're at now, there's only one way you're making money and that's just from your commissions. Transactions. And let's say that doing the same, maybe you're an agent doing 10 to 15 transactions a year and you knew that there was a brokerage where you could continue to do the same, say 10 to 15 transactions per year but have all of these other benefits and support. And the other thing that we need to talk to about more is that eXp also includes a lot of things you guys are already paying for out of pocket is included when you're with uh, eXp. That's right. I mean, KV Core, and there's all kinds of training. There's all kinds of Matterport, extra support, like Matterport. Uh, you know, obviously you have the, uh, you know, the everything, guys, really. That's the reason. So, look. When you look and when you read articles on Inman, when you go to you know MSNBC or I'm sorry, if you go to CNBC, you go to Bloomberg, and they're all talking about EXP. It, the reason it's growing so fast is because it's doing so many things at such an incredible level for the betterment of agents. 
And that is ultimately the reason that Julie and I knew it was a perfect fit for us because our mission in life was to provide coaching and training to help you guys have better businesses and thus a better life. And that's exactly what we've we've seen and experienced with EXP for almost the last three years that we've been associated. Absolutely. And so, you know, looking back, we used to say, like, you know, just go with a brokerage that makes you feel good, whatever, has a good location. And we, we used to say that because until EXP arose, brokerages really were kind of all the same. And then you add COVID and people are forced to be virtual and all these other things happen. So I think it's okay if you're just EXP curious right now, find out what we're talking about. Some of you, it's the best time of year to make that switch ever. Why do we talk about it this time of year? Because you have built-in time off. You've got that Thanksgiving week. You've got between Christmas and New Year's. It's just easier for you guys to make the switch and to start fresh. So here is the next natural step for virtually all of you. If you're ready to join EXP and you're looking for a sponsor, if you've not chosen a sponsor at EXP, it is the first and probably the most important decision you're going to make after you've chosen to move over to EXP. Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your sponsor at Mm -hmm. EXP. We are asking for you to consider us to be your partners at EXP Realty, and we've made it easy. Text me directly on my phone. Do not call me. I will not answer. Text me at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. If you're just getting started and you want more information about EXP, we've made that easy for you as well. Go to ylibertas.com forward slash Harris. That's W-H-Y-L-I-B-E-R-T-A-S dot com forward slash Harris. That is the group that Julie and I created about three years ago at EXP. It's called Libertas, which I think all of you will appreciate is Latin for freedom and obviously liberty as well. So if you're just getting started and you're just in you're in the process of wanting to learn more information, go to whylibertas.com forward slash Harris. If you're ready to join EXP and you're looking for a sponsor that's going to be very proactive in your success, not just in real estate, but also with EXP, text me directly, 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show on Monday. Or obviously, you can listen to some of our thousands of past shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and all your other podcast listening widgets. Guys, if we're helping you in your business, if this is something that you're, um, you know, if our podcasts and the other things that we do for all of you, you, if you are seeing a difference in your business and personal life, please say thank you by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. That really does matter. So give us a five-star review on iTunes, maybe some a few nice comments. For those of you who listened to us today and you're offended because we talked about EXP, some of you are, maybe one out of 100, we apologize, but I'll suggest to you as well, go to that Wide Libertas site and explore why EXP and joining with us might be actually a good fit for you despite the fact that maybe you're very, very loyal to your broker, which we appreciate. There's tons of great brokerages out there. There's tons of great brands out there. This is just the one that we thought made the most sense for our coaching clients and, frankly, all of our podcast listeners and ultimately for Julie and I as well. You you. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show on Monday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.